Hey guys, welcome back to the show. My name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. We have a, we have an interesting show today. It's, it's going to be pretty Brilliant. wild. Yeah. yeah. We're going to start things off with a conversation about pornography, this yeah. whole debate about whether to ban it, regulate it, what do we do, uh, then exercise, apparently trying to give consumers more information about what they're eating is triggering. I'm not surprised. Uh, then Nick Fuentes leader, founder, main member, I'm not sure what to call it, of the Groyper movement was featured on MTV. And uh, we're going to be finishing off the show with a discussion about polyamory of the most, is it too much to say disgusting? I think it, I think it's fair to say disgusting Absolutely. kind. Yeah. No, stronger words should be used, but we are on YouTube right yeah, now. Yeah. And it's so. like unironic trigger warning with that. Like I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. Guard your ears. Uh, before we get into all of that though, just want to remind you guys to like, share, subscribe. If you enjoy the show, we really appreciate it. And if you are watching live, we will be going through super chats after the main show has ended. So about an hour into the stream, we're going to be going over your comments, questions, concerns. We have a fun time. Okay. So before we get into it, I have a quick message from our sponsor, Candid. It's that time of year again. Time to share smiles and good times with friends and family and, of course, exchange gifts. And if anyone is familiar with me, they know that I am a big believer in giving yourself gifts, right? Hashtag treat yourself. That's a thing now. Um, so why not give yourself the gift of self-confidence? How? By having straighter, brighter teeth from Candid. Candid's aligners can help straighten your teeth faster and cheaper than traditional wire braces. Treatment takes just six months on average and costs 65% less. An orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan, then they show you a 3D preview so you can see what your teeth would look like after you're done. Canon's aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. There's no hassle of going to an orthodontist office. Candid ships your aligners directly to you. Plus, they even you don't even have to go in for the initial consultation. You can make your own molds. We actually just got our own kit a few weeks ago that we're going to try out. Very excited for it. Um, plus, in the season of giving, Candid donates $25 with each aligner purchased to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe. So give yourself the gift of Candid. Go to candidco.com slash Lauren and use code Lauren to get $75 off. That's candidco.com slash Lauren with code Lauren for $75 off. Again, candidco.com slash Lauren, code Lauren. Give yourself the gift of a better smile and hey, support the show. So pornography, this right. is a controversial subject. And um, so I guarantee my opinion is different than most of the other people who've been talking about it so far. So just as we go into this segment, I beg of you, you don't know what my opinion is yet. So please don't try to like preemptively argue in the comments about stuff I haven't said or, or don't believe, that's kind of like one of my pet peeves If is if people start kind of laying out arguments for things that I, I, I never said. So, I mean, there, there's going to be plenty for you to argue against. Still, trust me, I really doubt you're going to agree with everything I say. It's just, you know, let's let's listen before we descend into this black hole of a conversation. So earlier this week, earlier this week, Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire put out this piece as well as some corresponding tweets that essentially blew up the internet. Like this, my timeline, I, I forget what day it was exactly, but I, I remember I logged in and it was just porn, 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 porn. And I was like, what's happening? Not, not actual porn. Talk, yeah, not actual talking porn. talking about porn. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. Discussion about porn. Um, so... This is the piece he put out. Since then, he's put out some other things. He's also put out a ton of tweets. Everyone's gotten involved in this conversation. 
Um, a group of Republicans want the government to start fighting hardcore pornography is the article that kicked it all off. Um, as National Review reports, a small group of Republican lawmakers have sent a letter calling for Atten Attorney General Bill Barr to enforce obscenity laws as a way to fight hardcore pornography. Representative Jim Banks of Indiana explained that pornography causes measurable harm in a number of significant ways. Child pornography is on the rise as one of the fastest growing online businesses with an annual revenue of over $3 billion. Like we were talking about that. That's shocking. And I'm not even sure how they monetize that. But no, I mean, I'm sure no. where there's a will, there's a way. It's disgusting. Uh, the United States has nearly 50% of all commercialized child pornography websites. Pornography a good Christian nation. Oh, yeah. That sucks. Goodness. Pornography is ubiquitous in our culture and our children are being exposed at younger ages. Nine in every 10 boys under the age of 18 have seen porn. Honestly, mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that 10th kid is lying in the culture that yeah, we live I, in. I believe that as well. Yeah. Children are struggling with pornography addiction. For these reasons and others, several states have already declared pornography a public health crisis. As the lawmakers mentioned in their letter, to be clear, what they are requesting is the enforcement of existing laws that would help to tamp down some forms of pornography. They're not calling for new laws to be put on the books. Personally, I'd hope this is a first step towards a wider ranging war on hardcore porn, though that's not what the lawmakers are advocating. At the very least, this should be the beginning of a conversation about the proliferation of hardcore porn and the government's role in addressing the problem. For all the times he's mentioning hardcore porn, part of me wonders, like, what is exactly are they referring to? But the other part of me is okay no, not knowing. I, I think I think that hardcore porn is 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 I just think porn is seen in videos, right? Yeah. It's like compared to what you might have seen in Playboy, like back the in, old magazines, the quaint yeah, kind of just like centerfolds, seeing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the most common defense he continues of porn is that it's a matter involving consenting adults. And affects no one else. If this were true, I'd probably agree that the government has no place in restricting it, even if it is morally objectionable. However, this is not only untrue, it is laughably untrue. First of all, the link between the sex trafficking industry and porn is well established. The porn viewer may assume that the figures on the screen are acting consensually, but the fact is that, at least some of the time, they are not. Viewer may also be... Sorry, the viewer may also assume that the people involved are all adults, unless he's intentionally accessing child porn, which is a billion-dollar industry in its own right, but sometimes they are not. The viewer simply has no way of knowing whether he's watching the rape of a trafficked woman or the abuse of a minor or a consensual act between sober and clear-minded adults. But he's not too concerned as long as he gets what he, gets what he wants out of the deal. This is reason enough for, at a minimum, much heavier regulation on internet porn. It's true that sex trafficking and child porn are both illegal already, but legal porn provides a platform for both. It's impossible to sufficiently fight trafficking and child porn without heavier regulation on the types of porn that allegedly involve neither. And he continues, on average, children are first exposed to hardcore porn at the age of 11, Shocking, if not sooner. This exposure is not neutral in its impact. Children are damaged in quantifiable ways, affecting their emotional and psychological development, their attitudes toward themselves and others, their behavior, and their ability to form healthy sexual relationships in the future. Porn even produces neurological changes in the brain. Is there not, at minimum, a reason to consider involving the state in this assault on our children's minds and bodies? Actually, we were just looking over some of the studies that have been done on porn and specifically the effects of porn on young people's brains. And it's pretty shocking right, yeah. stuff. It has measurable uh, effects. And I guess it must be determined by the 
types of things you're watching and the frequency, but it can affect, you know, the way you view sex, your relationships, your likelihood of, how did the study describe it? Descending um, into deviant? Yeah, it more trends, or less said like, that the earlier that an individual, you know, sees pornography, yeah. the more likely that that person will look at things like bestiality or... Uh, child pornography mm -hmm. and we, we kind of touched upon that in the video that we did about uh no nut november about how with porn there can be the cycle to kind of keep seeking that feeling of something new um yes. the newer taboo and you it become kind desensitized of, right? yeah exactly uh, there is one thing that i want to touch on i guess before we even go further into this what and that is i think something that they've almost become ubiquitous that is pornography and masturbation mm-hmm it seems like those two terms are you almost can't separate them nowadays but i think that they are different things right they yeah you don't need pornography to masturbate first of all so we're not our ancestors saying, managed i'm assuming just fine right so it's not like you know there are there are definitely moral and arguments against masturbation in and of itself but pornography is a separate thing entirely yeah, exactly right? and i think when we were doing the video about no not november even some of the i don't remember if it was the no fat mods or one of the no not november mods was saying that their goal is to help move men off of pornography addiction and to a point where if they do masturbate they don't need any materials yeah. 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 Um so since that piece was released a lot of things have happened. Some people like social conservatives like Matt have advocated for just outright banning pornography. Other people and this by the way is where I include myself. I know a lot of people are probably saying something about what I believe that's not true but I I do think we need to have a conversation addressing talking about the, the relationship children have to pornography and the accessibility levels that we're currently seeing because i mean 11 that is that is shocking stuff well it seems like what those lawmakers were proposing the bare minimums of actually enforcing the laws that, that are already in place, exist yeah you know making websites like pornhub which is i think a very profitable uh, website at the moment i'm not sure about that but i'm i'm pretty darn sure that uh pretty good guess anyways that they should be held accountable for their users to some degree there mm -hmm. should be greater safeguards in place for children so that they don't they don't access pornography freely yeah no for sure um and I think that's a perfectly reasonable conversation to have. We're going to be exploring yeah. that. But I, most people on this, and it's kind of, I've realized how much of a like sacred cow it is, um, have just absolutely started freaking out about the idea of anything, any type of regulatory action happening toward porn, even if it is just saying, hey, we need, we need to stop children from accessing this as easily as they are uh, at such young ages. Um, I think, I think it should concern you especially if you've been following this conversation on social media like how much more upset people are that someone out there just merely believes right because matt has no power whatsoever he's like me just some person on the internet talking not like he's a lawmaker saying this um that porn should be banned when there are like there are places where it is legal to fully just terminate a you know a developed baby there, there are people who are trying to take away your rights to defend yourselves like i, I was seeing a lot of rage online in this whole porn discussion and part of me kind of wondered like is this misplaced of all the things that are happening why are people so angry about this um i i just think it might be good to maybe step back and evaluate what that says about our society and where our priorities lie in any case though um i, I did want to start this off i say that we've been talking for 10 minutes but about with a discussion about whether porn is covered under freedom of speech or what people have more broadly come to term freedom of expression. Yeah. And I mean that both in like a legal sense and also just in a in an ethical sense, our societal attitudes. Um, 
because I, I don't even want to ban porn. I think that wouldn't work. And I, I think there is something to be said about, you know, a, an adult choosing to consume something that was also produced by consenting adults. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of people arguing against banning porn under free speech grounds. And I know people are going to disagree with me. We can talk about this. And that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, right? Even even as someone who, like, I, I don't want to ban it, but still, like, saying porn is speech, I have, I have issues with that. I'll explain. Well, I mean, a lot of porn actresses can't even have any speech while they're in these videos, right? It seems ridiculous to is me. Is it because their mouths are full? I, yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, how we treat porn now, it's, it, we don't treat it as speech. That's not the way our society functions right now. Porn is already subject to regulations that other speech is not. So just looking at how our country, our societies operate right now, either porn is not part of freedom of speech or we have accepted that there are limits on certain types of speech, right? Um, that's just how we are well, treating this issue right now. Well, what is the argument for it to be actual speech, right? Because I know that you can't fornicate in public, right? There's a lot of things you can't do in public. Well, th you're going over all of my arguments that I'm going to be making. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So but what, what people... What, what people will say to, and we're going to go through all of them, is that porn is speech, but, oh, it's different than other speech because of all of these reasons I've made up on the spot that only apply to porn. Right. Which is fair enough, because I think it is fair to say that, of course, you can't fornicate on the street. So people will say, um, see, now you're making me skip ahead. But like, People will say, like, oh, well, porn is different than regular speech because... Like, I, I didn't consent to see it so that you can't just broadcast a, a, a pornography video in, in public, right? Because people will say, oh, but I, I didn't consent to that. That's what people on the left say about opinions they don't like all the time. But when it, the thing is, when it comes to free speech, I don't need consent to give my opinion, right? That's not part of the free speech conversation in any other context but porn, right? Um, if someone doesn't want to listen to me, that's one thing. They, they can walk away. But there's no burden on me legally or morally, nor should there be, to censor myself, my own opinions, as I'm telling them that if something falls under freedom of expression, I believe people don't need consent to hear, consume, and whatever. Um, people also say with regard to porn, like you mentioned, oh, but like footage is different than live. That's something I've seen. Like, oh, uh, I know Matt Walsh, he was um, bringing up the idea that no one would support a man masturbating in public legally under the guise of free speech. Um, so, you know, the argument is made like, but is, is footage different? People who are using this porn as free speech argument are saying, yes, like the footage is different than the act itself. But again, this is not something that applies to any other form of freedom of expression. If I'm able to say something in a video and disseminate that video, you can bet your bottom dollar I'm able to stand on the street corner and yell whatever crazy views I want. I could be that crazy street pre preacher making people uncomfortable. Like, you're, you're not going to like it, but I'm able to do that. The same does not hold true. You can't have live porn in public. You can have live speeches, live rallies. Those are protected. We're already treating porn as different. Um, people have also brought up, oh, the public is different than the private, right? That doesn't apply to any other form of free speech either. You can't tell someone, oh, these opinions are okay to have in private, but right. they're not covered in public. Same with art. You can't say you can only make this art privately, but you can't show it. And again, with this, I, I will acknowledge there is that line between what is art and what is pornography. That is hard. That's what she said. But um, no, it's, a, it's a tricky conversation. And I'm not saying this is like easy. Obviously, there are nuances here. All I'm just saying is that there are already 
kind of like exceptions that we're dealing with here and gray areas. I just want us to be consistent about what we believe because either way, someone's gonna say that you don't actually believe in free speech, right? If you do think that porn is speech, then you are accepting that there are limits on your freedom of speech. If you don't believe that porn is free speech, then someone is gonna say, oh, you wanna ban porn, even though you don't necessarily need to view porn as speech uh, yeah, for uh, it to be legal, right? There are so many things that adults do that children cannot that are regulated but still permissible you can drink you can smoke you can drive i, I think pornography should fall under that category that's, that's quite quite the little rant though quite um rant, yeah but yeah the the reason i think this is also like a, an important thing to discuss not just in the the theoretical level but it, it's because i think people are underestimating the amount of damage that viewing porn especially hardcore porn early can do to children because um what, when people like matt started talking about this a lot of people were saying and he was mentioning children specifically well this this is a job for the parents we can't just have a nanny state yeah. it should be up to each individual parent to kind of take care of their child in that regard i I support that kind of thinking when it's something like, I don't know, a, a movie with some swear words or violence, right? I, I remember in the 90s, there was this whole thing about it was popular to try to boycott TV shows. Um, and, and I just remember thinking even then, like, just don't let your kid watch TV, right? Uh, but when the potential harm is so great to a child, like I think it can be with hardcore porn, I, I don't think it's enough to say, oh just parent better, right? Because we don't say mm. just parent better when it comes to not letting kids smoke tobacco, yep. right? We don't sell tobacco to kids because having a bad parent does not take away a child's right to be protected from smoking at a young age. And, and like Matt said, it does put them at a higher risk to be involved in some kind of child trafficking as mm -hmm. well, right? So there, there are actual implications for their real health too. Yeah, and, and oh, you know? for sure. And I would even go so far as to say like, just the idea that we let children view porn, we are sexualizing them. I mean, imagine how disturbing the reality that we're seeing is, um, would you hand an 11 year old child a DVD of hardcore sex acts? I, I hope the answer is no. But by failing to do anything about this, th this is in essence what we are permitting to happen. Um, I, I don't support kids being able to buy tobacco. I don't support kids being able to smoke, drink, drive again, all of the things I mentioned before. Um, it is already illegal for children to be, you know, engaged even just as a viewer with this type of material as it should be. Again, we are talking about how do we best enforce laws that already exist. Uh, I have no intention yeah. to get in the way of what adults are viewing. You and I are different there, definitely. I'm like, I'm full on the bandwagon with Matt. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I think that, I don't, I don't think that porn is very well studied. I certainly think that it's being pushed on people. Yeah. And we need to get better information at least. That's the first step, right? right. Is, is well, say, and I, I do want to say here that I'm not for porn. Like, I think yeah. you and I have looked at a lot of the same studies. It is not good for you. But, yeah. and if, if there was like any of my friends watching this or, or anything, anyone I knew personally, I would absolutely try to advise them of their, da of the damaging effect. When it comes to adults, I am comfortable saying this is your choice you can make, not with kids. Like, absolutely not with kids. We need to do something. Mm. Um, I am looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say about this. I know that our opinions are controversial, especially online. Um, you know, I, I just kind of seeing this conversation unfold, I was surprised at how just a simple thing, like I don't want children to look at porn or be able to access porn, kind of had people, I don't know, 
calling others commentators who they probably otherwise like uh, authoritarian and, and things like that. I mean, unless you're fully ANCAP. In which case, everybody's authoritarian to you. Exactly. And, and you I, I don't utopian think, ideology you know, I'm, I'm a small government conservative, but like, hey, yeah. I don't want kids to buy cigarettes. I don't want kids to look at porn. I don't think that's too crazy. That's right. People have also talked about the practicality. Sorry, and, and borders. borders. Yeah, I want borders. Crazy me. Uh, people have also talked about the practicality um, of how exactly we would implement something that would kind of screen for adults when we're talking about porn sites. Um, people like Kurt Schilling, I think, have um, suggested kind of looking into a way to implement almost like a bouncer system where they can verify your ID and that you are over age without collecting your data. Not sure if that would be possible, something to look into. In the UK, they've actually already started... Um, Internet service providers have already started implementing um, their own screening features. So that way, X-rated sites are actually opt-in, which I think does a better oh. job of controlling. Because I think That's it's, you know, that way adults are still able to do whatever they want. Um, but there's that layer of protection. Right. And it's also, it's something that the free market has kind of, right? These ISPs aren't being forced to. I think the UK parliament, they started discussing whether they were going to mandate something. But eventually, um, I think a lot of the ISPs there just sort of did it of their own volition, which would be the ideal route. Uh, I am glad we're having this conversation, though. Okay, so before we move on to the next segment, I want to talk to you about Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E. If you're anything like me, Kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I I can't be the only one. You've probably used a, a shaving razor for longer than you should have just because you're either too lazy or you keep forgetting to get a new one. Uh, that's where Billy comes in. They deliver premium razors direct to you for half the price of what you'd find in the store. Go to mybilly.com and you can get their starter kit, which includes two razor cartridges, a handle, and their magic magnetic, magnetic holder for the shower. Guys, these are some of the cutest razors I've seen. For only $9, you can get four refill blades every one, two, or three months based on how often you shave. A lot of subscription services, they lock you in for monthly deliveries regardless of whether you want to use their product that often or not. With Billy, you can actually choose how often you want deliveries. Each razor cartridge includes five American-made blades in case an aloe shave soap for the smoothest shave that's gentle on sensitive skin. They also have more space between each blade to allow shave cream, soap, and hair to pass on by. They're an Allure Best of Beauty winner and on Nylon's Beauty hit list because Billy is the brand that finally got women's razors right. So get free shipping always, skip, adjust, or cancel your subscription anytime, and to express a little love for our show Go to mybilly.com slash Lauren. Again, that's Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E. For 10% off your razor, it's a small way you can support us while getting the best razor you will ever have for half the price. Plus, again, free shipping. This is a limited time offer. Go now and you'll save 10% off your razor at mybilly.com slash Lauren, spelled M-Y-B-I-L-L-I-E dot com slash Lauren. Okay, so now we're going... I will also say that going with Billy makes it so that you don't have to buy Gillette or any of their associated companies. Right? Exactly, so. which is something that any time I've been going to the, gro- uh, the grocery store, which is where I get my razors lately, I've kind of had to like, okay, no, Gillette, not you. Where can I go? Uh, Billy, they're super cute. Delivered to your door. They have um, gift packages. You can get a girlfriend or wife or anything. And yeah, they're really cute colors. Okay, so exercise. In this segment, we're going to be discussing exercise. Um... And just so you guys know where I'm coming from, I technically do like exercise, mm. but I'm also very lazy. 
Oh, I'm getting thrown under the bus here. Liam's this is smiling. What's happening. No, I mean, if you can manage to get me like running or especially like hiking or even like weights, I'll I'll like it as I'm doing it. But I'm so tired all the time. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Also, I love food. Just like on the whole health topic. You could see that I'm I, I ought to be very worried for my future. Yes. <laughs> like um banking pretty hard on the genes or us kind of like me getting pregnant before you can run off and I gain weed and then it's fine because you're trapped. Um yeah, so like I love food. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, but food is a weak spot for me. Like I'm not someone who would ever say, like, oh, here's salad. It's not yeah, I like salad. But yeah, no, no I Ben mean, Shapiro has it right. Even if you do like salad, the part of the salad that is good is not the salad, right? It's, oh, this salad has berries. Oh, this salad has steak. I don't like Greek salad. Greek salad is good. That's because cucumbers are good, though. Yeah. That it is part of the salad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Liam knows. He's seen this. Like, I've actually at one point, like, licked chocolate sauce off a plastic bag before. So that's... Yes. Like a homeless person. Okay, so I mentioned this because I don't want you guys to think that I'm like some douchey workout fanatic. Definitely not. Even like Liam's like smiling with me even needing to say this. But I just, you know, I want to, yes. I want you guys to understand like I'm, I'm garbage like you. It's like that Toy Story meme. Like, you know, both of us together here not wanting to work out. Um, but at the same time, despite personal shortcomings, I do recognize that health is important. And there are, there are quantifiably, objectively some things you can do that are better or worse for your health. And this is important to talk about because we're at we're at a point now where in places like America and the UK, most people are overweight. Like people who are a healthy size are a minority. Well, it's um, like the average American male, I think, is is five nine and two hundred pounds. Yeah, and I think Something the, like that. the average American female even. is like three inches shorter than me and like thirty to forty pounds heavier. It's it's yeah. it's quite substantial. I, I think it's fair to say this is a public health crisis. We just talked mm. about porn being a public health crisis. I think it's absolutely safe to, safe to say that uh, weight is. And so there are researchers and scientists who have been trying to come up with ways to encourage everyone to not eat ourselves to death, right? And apparently, as this article will explain, like, it's it's pretty hard to do that without upsetting people, which I can understand because it's like, I love food. Again, like, I love lying in bed watching Netflix and not exercising, but at the same time, I do recognize. That's like, that's like, I know, I know that's like the Wally meme. Face. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It just <laughs> Eventually, me my on. toes will just, like, like I, be absorbed If I don't work foot. out, I go nuts. Like, I just, I can't stand it. I, yeah. It drives me, it makes me feel like, it makes me feel like some kind of human slug. Like, it's, it's. It's not. It's not what like we're meant to do. Jerry. Like, uh, no, I'll never compare myself to Warm <laughs> Jerry, but it does make me feel lethargic. And you know, we're meant to be active. Yeah, you know, I think, I, and it has like, like we're going to mention, exercise has effects beyond just getting skinny, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, let's get into yeah. it. Yeah. So this is from BBC News. Exercise targets would trigger my eating disorder. Uh, they write, food labels displaying the amount of exercise needed to burn off calories have been found by researchers at British Word University to help people consume less. But campaigners warn they could affect those vulnerable to eating disorders. Hope Virgo has been in recovery from an eating disorder for over a decade, but she worries that the sight of exercise calorie labels on food packs could affect her mental health. 
Even though I am 11 years into recovery, I know that if I walked into a shop and saw that information, I would find that incredibly triggering, she says. Tally Rye, a personal trainer and health influencer, believes the idea of explicitly linking exercise with calories on food packaging would promote feelings of shame and guilt around food. I don't think it will lead to long-term positive changes to having a healthy lifestyle, she says. Regardless of whether we have a completely sedentary day, we still need calories. This is also quite ableist. It is cutting out those who may not find it easy to move. Are they are the elderly not allowed to eat if they can't do the vigorous exercise required? But Professor Amanda Daly, who led the research, tells the BBC there is no evidence that physical activity campaigns lead to eating disorders. We are not disregarding people with eating disorders, but this is about educating the broader public. Um, so people I, I posted this article and people were kind of like of mixed opinions um so i'm not in favor of government requiring packaging to change just want to throw that out there just because again that's something people will uh, assume but if brands were themselves to say hey i would love it if people could better understand exactly what these calorie mean calories mean yeah i think that would be a good thing it should be more clear you know what drives me nuts too like if you have a can of soup and it's like 540 milliliters and mm -hmm. they tell you, here's how many calories is in half a cup. Yeah. Like, it's and like, it's like, okay, now you got to do all this math and you're yeah. the square roots happening. And it's hard. Just, yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. And then as someone who's kind of been lucky all my life, never having to count calories, I know so you will mention something and I'm like, I don't even know what oh, yeah. that is. I don't know what that means. So I, I was like, I was like six foot and 160 throughout high school. Then at yeah. some point my metabolism was like, put on the brakes. <laughs> And it's like, all right, you know, now i got to start watching what I eat. And, you yeah. know, so that, that's it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this kind of seems similar to the nutritional information that's already present on boxes and everything. It's just this would be something people can actually understand. And it's it's not saying that, you know, the examples that the article mentioned were, oh, this would take you 20 minutes to work off by running if it's like a chocolate bar. Or this would take four hours of walking. It's not saying that you need to do that exercise, right? Because you just passively uh, consume calories, of course, but it's to help people understand exactly how many calories they're putting in their body. Right. And, you know, they talk about what about people with eating disorders? People with anorexia, bulimia are out there and maybe this would trigger them. But the thing is, Overeating to the point of morbid obesity is an eating disorder. I'm sorry, but it is. And it is so much more common than yeah. anything that goes the other way. It's like the the left has this kind of phenomenon where they love making rules to fit the exceptions. Mm -hmm. Right. Like humans aren't a binary species because there was someone that was born with, you know, intersex. Yeah. It's like we you can't know? say humans have one head because somewhere out there there's an Indian baby with two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and here's the same thing. Yes, people with eating disorders exist. And we need to be conscious of them, definitely. And, you know, especially in a one-on-one -on -one situation, mm -hmm. you need to give them special attention. But when you're talking about broad rules for the public, you the need public, to focus on the public. The public, which is very overweight right now, I might yeah. add. And, and people, some other people were saying, I don't have a problem with it, but is it actually going to help? The, the study did find that on average, when people were able to see this information, it reduced the number of calories they consumed by about 200 per day which is not bad. Like that's yeah. substantial. That's a step in the right direction. So absolutely. again, I'm, I'm not saying let's legislate this, but I think brands should absolutely be open to doing something like this, especially if they're like a, a brand that 
claims to care about health or be health conscious, why not help consumers understand what they're putting into their body? You know, it's um, an idea that I like, and I'm just totally, this is not serious necessarily, but I like the idea of tax cuts for people that are, have a gym membership and they regularly go, somehow there's some kind of incentive incentive to go to the gym, right. you know? I mean, especially if you're living somewhere that has like socialized medicine. Yeah. It's like you can't say it's no one else's business when we literally have to pay for your, you know, triple bypass or whatever it is. Like it absolutely. is our business. Same That's with smokers, point. same with drinkers. Like there are externalities here that, yeah, I think there should be like some sort of in incentive. And the thing is like when insurance companies used to be able to like charge different amounts or like not cover, like you were able to reflect a healthier lifestyle in lower premiums. But it's who, who knows how that would work in the future. Um, so that article is not the only thing to make headlines about and have people discussing exercise or health recently, though we're going to talk about this because we have to. That Peloton ad, Pel yeah. Peloton ad. We're a little bit late to the party here, but yeah, but it's, it's still a great ad. So. It is. And like I, I had never heard of this brand before. I don't think you had either. Maybe it's because we don't watch TV or something. I had no idea what it is, but we're just going to watch it just be for, for kicks and giggles and then discuss it a bit. Okay, you ready? Yes. Now. A Peloton? Give it up for our first time riding. Right, first ride. I'm a little nervous, but excited. Let's do this. Five days in a row. You surprised? I am. 6 a.m. Yay. Rising with the sun. That was totally worth it. Let's go, Grace in Boston. 50 rides. She just said my name. A year ago, I didn't realize how much this would change me. Thank you. This holiday, give the gift of Peloton. Liam just informed me we have a lot of libertarians in our chat. Don't worry, we're going to be getting to all of those super chats in just a, just a few minutes or when we finish the show. Uh, okay, so Peloton. So it's a weird ad. I don't get why people hated it so much. People it were is a saying weird that ad, first It was like yeah. sexist for the husband to buy her an exercise bike. Yeah. Oh. What do you think about that? Is it sexist? I don't think it's sexist. It's, I, I mean, it's an expensive bike, though. That's the only thing. I mean, It's my... like I could buy her like a mop, you <laughs> know? <laughs> like. Yeah. No, it's something. And she clearly wanted it. And yeah, that's a good clearly, like a little bit too much. It was very strange, in fact. Yeah. But, no, but I think that's a yeah. nice thing. Like most people do want a home gym. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's sexist. Mm -hmm. um, people were also complaining, but oh, but she was already skinny at the start. It's like, guys, you don't just work out to lose weight. Like you work out to be healthy as part of like just your everyday lifestyle. You, exercise isn't something you only do for this dramatic body change difference or, or something like that. And no, hearing no, that no. so many people say that, it really... Um, it struck me. It struck me how our culture kind of views working out and like like working out is something you do to lose weight. A diet is something you do to lose weight. It's not just a constant effort to be healthy all the time. Right. Very, that, that's very what, I mean, some some people have a problem with the term diet just because it, it implies temporary. Yeah. You know, and you should not. be thinking about your nutrition as, as a long term thing. Yeah. So. Um, so, oh, goodness. Yeah. Just. I don't know what we're going to do to to fix the weight issue, but yeah. we have a lot, a lot of work to do. Okay, so moving on, Nick Fuentes. He was recently on MTV. And if you don't know who he is, he is a YouTuber, a young guy. Um, based on this documentary, I think he's 21 now. I'm not sure about that, though. So he's part of, and I guess I would say the main figure behind the Groyper movement. Um, these are young right-wingers, kind of, I think, mostly Gen Z. 
or lean very heavily toward Gen Z, who have recently been clashing with, I guess, more establishment conservatives on things like immigration, foreign aid, especially in regard to Israel, and the idea that the mainstream conservative movement essentially has given too much ground to the left socially, I think is a, a huge grievance that they have. So, yeah. but before we get into the MTV thing, a few people have asked me on social media what I think about the Groyper movement. And this isn't the focus of the segment, by the way. I just, I just want to mention this because it is related. Um, and you guys may have noticed this, but I I don't really attach myself to any micro-movement. And I don't say micro-movement to be dismissive, but you kind of have like conservative or like Christian. And then within that, you have like trad, MAGA, walk away, new, right? You have like all these little, yeah. I, don't, I don't do that. I mean, the thing is like when when media is your job, like like it is ours, people get clicky okay people get clicky and weird like you're, you're asked to disavow things you never avowed in the first place uh you end up having people who feel like they know your views based on like what other people have said or someone who you've worked with once on a completely unrelated project uh, people use movements to play guild by association and blacklist people. We saw that with Michelle Malkin. Um, she recently got disavowed by a whole bunch of conservatives as being racist or anti-Semitic for kind of um, popularizing or, or supporting this America First Groyper movement. And it's like, I don't care what you think about America First and Groypers, whatever. Michelle Malkin is not racist. Michelle Malkin, who I've been a fan of for years and years, she's of course not racist. You can say she's wrong for supporting these guys. Maybe she doesn't fully understand their views or whatever you think. You can criticize that for her. Sorry, you can criticize her for that, of course. But to say, like, Michelle Malkin is, is now a racist, no. She, she's or not. Or I think I've even seen her been called a white supremacist. Or a white, or a white supremacist. Yeah, and it's like, things. you guys are... You're insane. And I mean, it goes the other way too. Matt Walsh, who I'm a huge fan of and is like one of the most consistently conservative people uh, that I follow. Um, Groypers were kind of getting mad at him, I think, because he has a personal thing with Nick Fuentes. And it's like, look, God, you're all terrible. All right. So I'm just kind of over here in my home studio, just like waiting for my fiance to finish school so we can start having babies. OK, so like that's my thing. Miss me with all that other drama. Not a part of it. Um, if you want to know where I stand on issues, then we can talk, right? Um, disavow the idea that we should treat individuals based on their race, you know, as the determining factor. Believe immigration levels, even legal ones, are too high. Don't support giving any foreign aid to any country, period. Uh, I believe that a culture that embraces Christianity and, you know, family values is the healthiest. I believe in free markets, balanced budget. Like, if you watch my videos, you already know my views. So, I mean, I don't really know why I should have to relay my views based on what other people have said. Right. Just listen to me if you want to know what I think. In any case, that's that's my little rant. Um, so, Nick Fuentes. Um, he's been in the news for clashing with a specifically Turning Point USA lately. And I was surprised to see on Twitter yesterday that apparently... MTV was releasing a documentary with him, or at least featuring him. Um, it's called White Supremacy Destroyed My Life, and uh, it features an ex-KKK member talking to Fuentes. So here we have the, the tweet that MTV put out to promote it. 
We're investigating racism in a new documentary special, White Supremacy Destroyed My Life. Former KKK member Shane Johnson talked to right-wing YouTuber Nick Fuentes about how white supremacists use white pride to attack racial minorities. And then included with that, there was a little one-minute promo, which we have here as well. You're saying now is the same we said. You guys are wearing suits. We wore robes. Every other race can be proud to be who they are except for white people. Is that, is that an illegitimate thing to believe? When whites do it, it turns into a hate group. I have never met a guy that said I had white pride without him intending it to be racist. What about me? I think you have racist views, and I think you know you have racist views. What does racist mean to you? It means you believe you're racist superior over everybody so else. So white supremacist. It, it, yeah, you I'm not a white supremacist. You definitely are. You sat here and asked me, What you're you doing is you're creating people. a movement of people that are white supremacists. I'm not creating anything. I do a show on YouTube. I see a lot of 1488s, man. I can't control people comments. Why do you think the people are, are coming to you? Now, if you're saying you're not that, that type of person, then maybe you should start thinking about what you're saying because these people think you are that type of person. I don't know what the KKK says, but I know let, what they say. Okay, well, and let's say for I the sake of argument. I had 22 years. Exactly. You're saying and is exactly the same. So here's the thing with that, and uh, I actually did watch the documentary in its entirety. Um, I think if you're if you're arguing with someone, or if you're interviewing someone, like you should probably know what they believe, and so should the audience. Like at some point, I, I think kind of Nick should have been asked, "Hey, what are your views?" And maybe he was, and they just didn't include it. But from like. From that, the clip and the whole documentary itself, it's kind of a waste of time. Like, it's it's a waste of good production value. Right. Like, that's not an interview. That's not even a debate. You're arguing about what one of you believes in. Like, it's this one guy saying, you believe this, you believe this, and this other guy saying, no, I don't, no, I don't. Like, right. whether you like Nick Fuentes or not, what are you supposed to get out of that? And, and I will say that's one of the big problems with that kind of media, right? Yeah. Like. You don't go to MTV for these long discussions, you know. That's why podcasts are picking up all over the Joe place. Joe Rogan, everybody yeah. has, yeah. Like, well, Joe Rogan's being the supreme example, but podcasts all over the place. People want this long form content where you could actually hash out these ideas in yeah. real ways instead of just having. Well, there was like a minute clip, and that was a larger portion of actually the entire segment with with him yeah. there with Fuentes, and yeah, it was just him saying, "You're a racist. I know you're a racist," and Nick was saying, "No, I'm not." Yeah, and it's like, what What did anybody, like, gain from that? Because the only reason I watched something made by MTV was because I thought, oh, this is interesting. They're interviewing this person who has kind of um, caused such a stir among the conservative circle. Like, yeah. maybe this is something finally topical and relevant from MTV. I, I want to learn more about this. But it was like, just kidding. We're just going to, like, argue with him about what his own views are. And it's like, again, like... Love Nick Fuentes, hate Nick Fuentes. This was terribly done. And I know like we've done interviews with controversial people and people always say like, oh, that was bad. Why did you platform them? Blah, blah, blah. At least you can learn what the person believes in, which I think is like the main point. And you can say, oh, but this guy was trying to debate him. It's not a debate. You're you're disagreeing over what one of you believes in. You're not discussing actual issues. It was just terrible. Um, and by the way, like if you actually like if you talk to people like Richard Spencer or KKK members, like they'll tell you, yeah, I'm a white nationalist or, or yeah, don't like black people. Like, you don't need to argue with them about it. Yeah, they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. So, oh, goodness. Let the person you're interviewing talk is like 
I guess, the main takeaway. There, there's literally part of that encounter where the ex-KKK guy, was it Shane something? Uh, the Johnson, tattoo guy, yeah. yeah. Um, he says, I've seen your views before. I Like, I saw them in the clan. And then you cut to Nick and he says, those aren't my beliefs. And then the interview, like, just ends. It's like, what? <laughs> It's definitely a great investment in my or, time. Or worse, as they pan out to the actual, later on to, to the, the ex-KKK member talking yeah. alone about how he knows that Nick Fuentes is actually racist. Right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, he didn't give it, didn't give him any, any chance of speaking really. And no. it, was just, it was just, you know, paint him into this picture, which may or may not be valid. I don't really know Nick's views personally. But, but he's like, yeah, this was total meaningless nothingness you could have done this without nick being there if you just wanted to like badmouth him like you didn't need to have him there in person if you were i'm guessing just gonna cut out almost everything he said um so like obviously you can tell i'm not so much of a fan of mtv um and what's i wasn't surprised to hear was that apparently uh MTV was less than, according to Fuentes, forthcoming about their intentions with this documentary when they approached Nick and I think probably in their editing too. So this is what Nick had to say um, when this the, the promo was released. This was yesterday. He says, in February 2018, a production company called Carga 7 reached out and said they were interested in filming an episode of MTV True Life about me and my show. They spent a full week filming at my house, but never released any of the footage until tonight, almost two years later. A guy named Pete Ritchie and his boss, Jason Wolf, pitched an episode to me for the reboot of MTV True Life about young political activists, which would feature me as a young conservative and an unnamed young liberal. Initially, I turned them down. Pete emailed me later that week and offered me a number of assurances that MTV would portray me in a good light and I would have some control or oversight over what was broadcast. After much consideration, I reluctantly agreed to participate in the show. Pete and a team from Carga 7 came to my house and filmed for a week doing hours of interviews, B-roll. They filmed me doing my show and they covered my periscope of an anti-gun rally in Chicago. This is what my mother texted to Pete Ritchie at the end of the shoot. And then for people listening on the audio platforms, it's a screenshot of a text conversation. Um, His mom says, uh, Pete, you seem like a genuine person. We are relieved. See you then. Jason Wolf followed up and said the MTV True Life episode would air on February 20th. The air date was pushed back several times until it was put off indefinitely, and needless to say, this episode never aired, but the footage from the shoot will premiere tonight. Almost two years after a shoot for an episode of True Life, MTV has repackaged the footage into a mini-doc about white supremacy, which attempts to portray me as a spiritual successor to this low-IQ skinhead buffoon conveniently right after Goyper words. Groyper... Wow, groiper wars. I just have to say, that's a terrible sounding it's, word, groiper. We're going to be a little bit larpy here too. Yeah. <laughs> At the time of the shoot, I was 19 years old. So yeah, he's 21 now and had only been doing my show for a year. I initially declined to do the show because I knew Jason Wolf and the media would not be kind to me, but I never imagined a farce like this. Obviously, I made a big mistake. This just goes to show how unscrupulous, vindictive, and evil the media is. They take deception to another level. MTV sat on this footage for two years only to dump it after the Groyper Wars in a naked and obvious attempt at character assassination. It won't work. F the media. Okay, so... Lot of information to unpack there from what I gather. So Nick was approached and they were going to do kind of a special about his life and all this. They ended up canning that previous project where they promised to portray him in a good light and repackage this footage to make it about a documentary about how about white supremacy. So yeah. the, the documentary itself 
it, it seems like it was just kind of like an amalgamation of this footage and some new footage they they took and they did hours of interview with I guess him and maybe his family clearly none of that made it in because I watched the whole thing I still don't know what the, like what, what, what is even it true about your beliefs so. and the more cynical part of me says maybe that whole stuff is a front just to get footage of Nick Fuentes so they can release yeah. or, or or any media that they approach so they can release it later at their convenience in another context yeah and I think there's there's something to be said about it, it is suspicious the timing right um the the reason why this the the MTV special has kind of gained so much traction on social media is because Fuentes has just had all of this controversy and these back and forths with uh, places like Turning Point USA, the Daily Wire folks. That's frankly why I watched it. I was interested. Oh, what's going on with this? I think they knew that. Like they were sitting on this footage. I I don't. Maybe they. If none of this would have happened, the Goyper Wars, they never would have released it. I think they were being opportunistic about it. Um, and it's kind of like it's really devious to think that someone would do something like that but i i don't put it past the media and actually what's interesting is that i too was approached by the same production studio i think possibly for the same project two years ago um so this is a screenshot from my email an email that i got um what was it i think january of 2018 um initially i blurred out this person's name but i mean Nick was using names and hearing about what this production company did. I have no interest in protecting these people. Uh, we have obviously kind of blurred out his actual email, but this guy wrote, Hi, my name is Rafael Valenti, and I'm producing a documentary for MTV about the rise of the alt-right and conservative youths. That was my first red flag. A, MTV. B, you're conflating the alt-right with conservatives. Yeah. No, thanks. He continues, while researching this topic, I came across your YouTube channel and wanted to reach out. Given your political views and on-camera presence, I think you could be an excellent fit for the project. I'm looking for a person that can speak to the growing conservative slash nationals movement from a unique perspective, pointing out why it's appealing to young people, pointing out the issues with PC culture and SJWs, etc. I'd love to hop on the phone to discuss the project further. If this is something you're interested in, talk soon. So I, in a admittedly very polite and Canadian way, said, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Not for me. Um, just because like at this point, again, this was almost two years ago, but already then I had seen enough of the people that I knew have hit pieces done about them, be slandered by the mainstream media that I was just like, no, no, screw you guys. And since then, I've been approached by like writers for Rolling Stone, New Statesman once too. And just anytime I see someone from one of those articles, the default answer is no. And I know some people will say I'm being a snowflake, difficult. This is, you know, progressives do the same thing for conservative shows. They never want to come on. And like, if it's live, I'll do it. I'll talk to anyone live, but I don't trust your scrupulous, unscrupulous editing. And that's the thing. For all the interviews we've done with controversial topics, I've never had anyone complain that they were portrayed unfairly. Right. We had Julie Ray Goldstein, who um, is, is an advocate for children transitioning genders. We had a perfectly civil discussion. She was happy. Like, she was fine with the way we're portrayed. Uh, we didn't do any deceptive editing. Same thing, like, with a Alex Jones. Uh, anyone we've done, because we, we don't do stuff like that to people. But we know that MTV, these progressive outlets, they do. So I guess moral of the story is don't trust the media. Um, apparently, I, I saw on Twitter, I think Nick's mom um, has mentioned she is considering legal action based on like kind of how they framed this footage and all that. Look, if you are 
you're wanting an interview with Nick Fuentes, don't watch this MTV garbage. Milo Yiannopoulos just did one with him. It's about an hour long. Although admittedly, that one isn't that much more informative because Milo talks like the whole time. A lot of the comments were mm. like, love you, Milo, but let the other guy talk. But in any case, that's what I have to say about that. Okay, so our final story is... Oh, God. Yeah, I know you were excited for this. Let's get this over with. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's cringy. This is going to be uncomfortable to watch. Trigger warning. Um, polyamory, right? It's kind of like a, this trendy topic. We're hearing about it more and more. Um, non-monogamous relationships. And usually yes. it's kind of in the, I guess, like open relationships. So if we were in an open relationship, I would have another boyfriend. You would have another girlfriend kind of thing. At least, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, if, if not more, we just be a whole connection of people dating yes. each other. This is a clip I saw circulating on social media. What makes this different is that it's, it's technically a polyamorous relationship, but the, the, the woman is the only one with extra partners. So this is one woman with four boyfriends she dates all of them, but they only date her, and they all also live together. Yes. And it's, it's off. Yeah, I don't have words. Let, just play the clip. I guess I can't describe. <laughs> this is Tori. She fell in love with Travis and Ethan and Mark and Chris. Their four-way relationship is working wonders this for them. Is the room that has the bigger bed. Um, that people will swap in and out of every night just so that everyone can get equal turns, you know, sharing a bed. So while this is like mine and Travis's room, we keep all of our stuff in here. People are rotating in and out. Yeah. So uh, that's from this channel, Barcroft TV. You can find the whole, I think it's like an eight minute clip on YouTube, which is where that is from. Um, and I think that's probably even part of a bigger segment. Probably. Too, I, I don't know. Uh, we've done enough research, I think. Yeah, personally, um, I don't care to watch any more of that than I already have. But it's just, it's so sad. How do you like, like that imagery, though? Of them all on the couch together? No, no the big, the, when she says bigger, this is where the bigger bed is, where everybody can flop in and out of. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's just great. That's That's what I want in my brain. And part of me is also like, given the circumstances, flop might be the perfect way to describe those guys yeah. that might be just about all that can be done can you imagine cycling in and out of your partner's bed in order to make room for their other partners <laughs> like in the same bed it's like yeah. I, there's no way they change the sheets every night like there's and the only guy that seems to be actually enjoying himself and he creeps me the heck out is the travis guy who, yeah. who looks like sid the sloth you guys know what guy i'm talking about <laughs> yeah. He he drives me nuts. This guy in particular, I can't. He makes my spine crawl. Like I just, my skin is crawling. Yeah, and it's it's just it's like I feel bad for those guys. I'm upset nope. with those guys. And this thing is like I can't say anything about them that would be worse than they're already doing to themselves. And it's like people. This is so mean, but it's so true. People in the comments of that video were saying that it looks like it smells bad. Right, yeah. like you can smell this footage. It's just, it's not good. I agree with that. And I, I don't want to rag on them too much because it's already like, this is already like, this is yeah, the exactly. bottom They're of the already barrel, going but, through. But it's, but it's, <laughs> like they also look like I expected though. they would yeah. look. All of them. You All know? of them, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, Um. Paul Joseph Watson, a while ago, he did this video on, this is, I don't think the term he used, but vagina hyperinflation the mm. overvaluing of female partners and i feel like that's what's happening here yeah are you kidding me because it's like she's like a, th a three but they're like ones so it's 
This is, yeah, this is, this is like nightmare fuel. Yeah. This is what this is. None of it makes any sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't enjoy having watched this, but it turns out as if the story is like, <laughs> this woman is actually pregnant with someone's child. Yes. Who? Well, just keep watching to find out. So I am currently about 23, 24 weeks pregnant. We found out a couple weeks ago that we're having a girl. <laughs> we're very excited. And so who's the father of the baby? So Chris is the biological father. Um, we just know that because of timing. <laughs> but as far as, I guess, socially goes, we're all raising the baby together, so everyone's dad. I, I love the, I love the filming style, just like all, oh and all of the guys' God. faces. All the, the guy in the Star Wars T-shirt just looks like he's, he's left he's his checked body. Out. He's checked yeah. out. He's gone. No, oh. all of them have are like they're perfect for this. All of them, and only in that room could that redhead fellow be an alpha male. Yeah, he's but like he the alpha of the betas. It's crazy. It's mind-boggling, and I can tell you that that baby probably doesn't belong to any of them. Yeah, no, that's what people in the comments were also saying. Like, odds are it, it's not even any of, of theirs. And it's just like, That'd be rich. This, this is not going to turn out for that kid, right? It's like, this is not a healthy environment to oh, raise a no, child. No, for real. No, I mean, any time a, a male is in a house with a child that is not biologically his, the likelihood of abuse goes way up. It's it's an unfortunate reality, but it, it is true. Um. I don't even want to know what the odds of this kid yeah, I'm having you, problems are, unfortunately. I'm telling you, someone needs to supervise Sid the Sloth when he's around them. Because yeah, this is, this this is like, a, there's some danger here. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, it's exaggerating to say that too. And it's like, what what is the amount of stability? Like, how long have these people been been together? <clears throat> in the rest, the rest of the video, she mentioned that they kind of, some of them met in high school. I don't know how old they are, though. They look like they could be anywhere from like mid, like 20 to 40. I have no idea. I think idea. they've all... Just by the way that they live, like they're none of them clearly are in any good shape. Yeah, they're probably way younger than we think they are. Just based maybe, on, yeah. You know what they've done with their bodies too. It's it, it's tragic because you can see some of them have some self hatred going on too. You know, yeah. they're, they're just not happy with the situation that they put themselves they, it's, in. It was so awkward in the video, the full thing. They're like playing a board game together. Yeah, like all of them. That's what makes it even weirder is that they all live together. So it's like she has a harem. Like a harem of betas. It's just, it's the strangest. Uh, I, I I wouldn't even want to like enter that house just because the awkwardness, I would die. Um, so yeah, it, it, anyway, in this documentary, they also talked to the girl's sibling. And I mentioned this sibling because I feel like the documentary crew really wanted us to take notice of this sibling. You will see why. Mm. I will admit that since I'm her older brother that I just have that tendency, I suppose, to be protective. I wasn't expecting the pregnancy announcement. That one was a little bit of a shocker for me um, as, uh, you know, that protective older brother. I was, I was like, oh, you're so young. I was like, oh, you're kidding, that you're joking. No, <laughs> but now since then, it's really exciting. Um, I'm very excited to meet my niece. It takes a village to raise a child and all of that. What a good older brother. Yeah, good older brother. Yeah, like she, that older brother was in the, the thing a lot. And I feel like maybe the cameraman or the editor was like based 
because I feel like this was not edited by someone. Like the um the Side narration. Profile and... Yeah, the narration is all like all happy, but I think the person who was editing was like, no, this is. Well, I think a lot of it was okay. when you saw that they're like they're like they have a great working relationship, and then it just pans on other faces, and they're all contorted in some kind of pain. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like no, it's uh, not. Well, it was genius work. Yeah, it's it's like the most. Passive, aggressive, unflattering editing you could imagine. It's like they're they're not gonna like I, I hope they didn't totally take people out of context, but it's, it's like they they wasn't making the situation look good. Yeah. So I just think I, I bring up the sibling because again, they featured heavily in the episode and it's just I it's an interesting family dynamic, right? I think there's something to be said. This is probably a very progressive household. A lot of a lot oh, of free absolutely. love going yeah. on. And then this is the worst part this and the pregnancy part but at at the end they ask them about jealousy right because mm. you are sharing the same woman with three other guys two other guys hang on three, how many three, guys yeah, guys, yeah three. three dang it yeah it's a five-way i was thinking it's a four-way but no it's not yeah you're sharing your girlfriend with three other guys and it's just oh my goodness yeah how often do you experience jealousy in the relationship Regretfully, a lot of the time. <laughs> but um, thankfully, there are a couple of healthy ways to deal with it. Primarily, just talking to each other. We have a tendency to talk around the moment of, hey, I need some time with Tori, rather than actually <laughs> saying it outright. So the thing is, it's not even really jealousy when your partner is actively sleeping with a bunch of other people like i consider jealousy kind of like oh um you know there's probably like, there's nothing going on but you kind of don't like the extra attention that the person's giving and maybe that jealousy is part of being a little bit too possessive or something like that but this is just like flat out yeah she's sleeping with other men i feel weirdly about it and i'm calling that jealousy but it's like yeah no that's not no, jealousy. that's the that's... last testosterone you have just, yeah just screaming in pain you know it's it's very Again, like, I want to feel sad for these men, but it's like they're doing this to themselves. Like, they're cuckolding themselves. Like, they are... Like, that one guy, the main guy, Travis, like, he is... He's into it way more than the other guys. Well, he's going to be taking care of someone else's yeah, yeah. kid. And it's just... What's happening? I, I don't even know. And obviously people, some people, libertarians in the chat, what up? You're going to be like, hey... Their choice, right? Do whatever. It's not hurting anybody. It's consenting adults. Yeah. Again, I think we can be worried about the kid, right? Because that, that can't be a healthy environment to... No. And also, like, in, in a weird way, yeah, yeah, they can do whatever they want. But I, I still am concerned for all of them, for these men. And I... I Travis, if you're watching this, maybe not Travis. He seems no, into he's it. Totally, and I think, he's the... like, I was thinking about this is going to sound mean. But for someone like him specifically... He could do, at least he's having, I'm assuming, like a quarter of a girlfriend and built-in friends from this. So maybe that was an improvement for how, but it's like, if you are a self-respecting male, you know, I don't even need to explain why you shouldn't do this. Like, this is just, no, if, if you're. It's self-evident. Yeah, it's, it's self-evident. Yeah. You know, you, you shouldn't do this. And we were having, we were talking about like, how do you even qualify that? Uh, I forget what her name is, Tori or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's like, is she. Is she just like a, a, a total boss who has this harem? And is she working? Do these men like support her? What is happening? How did they enter into this? Like, I, I don't want to know the answer to these, the answers to this, these questions. 
But it's just, it's a it's a strange situation. This is gangrene, you know, we just need to cut it off and forget about it. That's it. You know, just forget about this whole situation. Yeah. And I, but it's just like, it's, but, it's funny because I feel like if you're, if you're engaged in this kind of relationship, the least you can do is like be really secretive and ashamed about it. Yeah, really. I, I would think, right? Just like never speak of this. I think that guy on the left, that was his plan. Yeah, the Star Wars like guy. Like the guy who zoned out, he's like, I do not want to be here right now yeah. at all. You know, I don't want my face on here and I'm a porn addict, just like all the other four. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what, okay. This is maybe too much information, but when they said, yeah, we know Chris is the father because of timing. And it's like, oh, so yeah, they're well, not even. Yeah, get, not like, a, they're not getting it regular. Exactly. So. It's like, man, you gave up your pride for what? Yeah, exactly. No, but <laughs> for, so uh, why are you there? It's like, so you have this like. You can at least have a close quarters platonic relationship with a woman. I don't understand. And maybe I'm being too mean, but at the same time, no, I'm not. Like, we need... This is why I've said before, we need more shame in our society. We do. I'm, I'm on board those, with that. Those five specifically. Um... I think that's pretty much all we have to say for this show. Uh, if you are watching live, then stay on this stream because we're going to be back in just a few seconds answering the Q&A. But for everybody else, we will see you next week.